Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here. I just want to remind you that if you love the podcast, the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, Spotify just started accepting ratings. So go ahead and rate it on there and tell all your friends to do it because it's super simple. It takes literally one second. I mean, maybe four seconds, but it's really quick. And uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media. If you do post it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And remember to tag the guests too so they can also share. Okay, now let's get to the show. Do you ever feel like life is happening to you? Do you feel like you're fighting through your day? Or do you feel like you're lost or floating, not really connected to yourself? I know I've been in that place in my life, and especially right now, there are many of us going through phases like that, where we're not doing something that's truly right for us, and we feel that in one way or another. But did you ever think that maybe there are more options available? Maybe your life can have more ease simply by learning to listen to yourself and your body. Today's guest is going to talk about how you can start to feel that lightness and ease again that you might have felt when you were a kid. Take control of your mindset, build a relationship with your body, and most importantly, open up to your truest self. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach, and this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat, and love yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. On the show, we explore the creative process and journey, mental health, self-development, spirituality, and everything it means to be a human and how to become more human. Today's guest is Dr. Dane Heer. Dr. Dane's career started as a chiropractor and has expanded into becoming an internationally renowned author, speaker, YouTuber, and the co-creator of Access Consciousness, a company that teaches tools and techniques to empower you to change your mindset. Some of Dr. Dane's accolades include regularly hosting a radio show called Conversations in Consciousness on Voice of America, making worldwide TV appearances, and authoring more than 15 books on the topics of embodiment, healing, money, and relationships. His book, Being You, Changing the World, is an international bestseller, and I highly recommend it. I'm reading it right now, and I can tell you the way he tackles the topic of self-knowledge and self-actualization is so practical, unique, and inspiring. It makes you want to change your life the day you read it. I wanted to have Dr. Dane on the show because he's used all these tools to unleash and create a career where he continuously teaches people to listen to themselves, trust themselves, relieve all judgment of themselves, and find self-love. He also has incredible tools on how to listen and develop a relationship with your body. Yes, your body has its own intelligence and it's fascinating. Knowing, loving, and trusting yourself are the most important foundation to lay in order to pursue a creative life. If you feel any heaviness in your life right now, or if you're feeling lost, this episode is for you and will help start your journey to self. Now here he is, Dr. Dane here. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being on Unleash Your Inner Creative. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Me too. I mean, you have such an amazing story. I spent 
truthfully, all morning basically stalking you. Um, and I was also listening to some of your videos. There was an amazing one on if you always say you're so tired. And I got to tell you, Dr. Dane, as the holidays have been creeping up on us, I found myself saying that a whole lot. Yeah. And it was really powerful. I, I want to dive into your story, but before we do, can you take me through a little bit why saying I'm so tired all the time actually creates more exhaustion? Well, yeah, the thing is, it's like our point of view creates our reality. And people don't realize this. They think reality happens to them and their only job, their only capacity is to respond to it or a lot of times react to it. And so they reflexively react. And that's where most people find themselves. But what we don't realize is our thoughts are creative. What we say is creative and our point of view actually creates our reality. We've got that much power. So when we say I'm tired, I'm so tired of this. Oh my God, I'm sick and tired of this. Oh, I'm sick and tired of this pandemic. I'm sick and tired of these crazy people. I'm sick and tired of the holidays. I'm sick and tired of the obligation. You start getting sick and you start getting tired. And, you know, in the work that I do, it's like we've, we've done so many things where I, I cannot tell you hundreds upon thousands upon thousands of times at this point where somebody's like, I'm sick. And I'm like, okay. And I'll ask them, what are you sick of? And they go, what? I'm like, what are you sick of? And they go, um, blah, blah, blah. And then we have this thing called a clearing statement that we use to undo that fixed point of view that creates that. And so I'll, I'll run the clearing statement, which short form is POC and POD. And I'll say, okay, so I'll say, what are you sick of? And they go, oh, well, you know, God, the stress right now. Okay, POC and POD. We let that go, POC and POD. And they go, yeah. And I'm like, and then I go, what are you sick of? Oh, my goodness, money right now. It's like, oh, man. Mm. Okay, will you let that go? Um, yeah, okay, POC and POD. Okay, what are you sick of? Oh, man, my husband is being such a jerk about these holidays, you know, and he wants us to go here and blah, blah. Okay. And will you let that go? Yes, pock and pot. And five or six or seven layers in, I say, how are you feeling? They're like, oh my God, I feel so much better. And it's because two things. One is whenever we say or think something like that, that is the reality we create. And number two, so that's what we're creating. But when we have this ability to ask somebody what's going on from no point of view and no judgment of it being right or wrong, and then give them a way of clearing it, which is what this clearing statement does, now freedom ensues because our point of view creates a reality. Now what we're doing is we're changing our point of view to something different. And that if we're going to change our lives, we're going to have to change our points of view. And what most people do to change their point of view is they go through a massive set of rules, regulations, structures, and I'm not, my ADHD is kicking in, so I can't think of the other word, right? Oh, rituals, so that they can change their mindset, quote unquote. And it's a lot of work for most people to change their mindset, but that in access consciousness, our point of view is all of life should come to you with ease and joy mm. and exuberant expression and abundance. And so this, even this idea of changing your points of view, changing your mindset is something that is so much easier than almost anybody recognizes that it can be. And I see it all the time. I see, I see things change that people have had for years. And they're like, had I known it was this easy, I would have tried to change it sooner. I'm like, I know that that's why I'm here. I'm trying to present to you. All of life can come to you with ease. I love it. And what I also love about what you do is you're not so rule-based. 
I think that sometimes like the most frustrating thing about it's like, well, you want to change your life. You can change your life. Here's a, li- a scroll of 15 things that you're going to have to do every morning. Yeah. And it's just too overwhelming to even start. But what you do is instead of giving people rules, you give invitations and it's so liberating and allows the person you're working with to be your co-creator because they're the ones that's going to live this every day. Exactly. And that, that really is it. It's they're the co-creators. And I don't know, I think maybe scrolls were created for personal development back in the day. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, um, let me see. I'm going to write, I'm going to write this list on a tiny little piece of papyrus. Like, oh, it's too long a list. You got more things to do. Oh, let's create a scroll. You know, it's like, and it's absolutely that it's the invitation. It's like, Hey, come and play. And also here's all kinds of things. Here's all kinds of tools. Here's all kinds of awarenesses. Um, which would you like to play with today or in this moment? Or here's all kinds of tools. You got this situation going on. Look over the list and see what sort of pops to you. Because the other part about this that none of us wants to really fully get is that we know. Yeah. We know what's true for us. We know what will work for us. And that for me is one of the greatest gifts is empowering somebody to know that they know changes their entire life. In fact, that's the tagline of access consciousness, empowering people to know that they know. And how do you find that? Well, you invite yourself to explore what's true for you from the awareness of what's true for us will always make us lighter. Mm. A lie for us will always make us heavier. And so this is about the exploration of knowing that you know from a place of, oh, when I do this, I get lighter. Or when I think about, you know, I'm stuck in something, when I think about using this particular tool, I get lighter. Well, that's the effect it's going to create in our lives. And we have so many people walking on this planet right now who whose lives are, are such a sense of heaviness. And once again, they think they need to go through scrolls and scrolls and scrolls of rituals and things to change it. And yet in actuality, what all it actually requires is to make tiny choices for a little more lightness many times a day. And what happens is within the course of a day, two, three, four, five, you start having more lightness as your life. And when you start to have more lightness as your life, you start to then see the things that will not only add to that, but the things that were getting in the way and creating the heaviness before, you can see them because you have a more expansive awareness. You know, you're looking from a place of, wow, I'm starting to get a sense of lightness now. Now, when something creates heaviness, it sticks out like, um, I shouldn't say this, but kangaroo balls. <laughs> I didn't know that they suck out a lot. <laughs> oh, oh, you got to see this. I'm going to be Googling kangaroo balls. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> from my friend, I got that from my friends in Australia. And um, yeah, you, you, it's something to see. Okay. Definitely. So that's the first call to action. Everybody go Google <laughs> kangaroo balls so you can know what you don't want. Exactly. Um, Okay, but what does lightness feel like in the body? Like, is there some sort of tactic we can use to figure out, is this light for me? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked, because that, of course, is the all-important question. And the thing is, it's different for each of us. For some people, it feels like a sense of peace. Like, think about, um, let me give you heaviness first, because that, that we can all relate to. Have you ever been looking at something on online, on YouTube, whatever, uh, or reading an article or something, and you start you start to get this sense of uh, almost like doom or dread or, mm-hmm. well, that's one of the elements of the heaviness, the heavy side of things, okay? So light is basically, number one, not that. 
but it's actually the antithesis of that. So if you've ever, uh, you know, watched a video of, of two animals playing, you know, or kitten videos online. And it's so funny. I used to so make fun of people who watch little kitten videos online. And now I find myself watching kitten videos online because they always make me happier, you know? So, so lightness also, lightness and happiness also go together. They're not exactly the same thing, but if you could think of, of heading in that direction, that's really what lightness is. So oftentimes people say it, it has a sense of peace mm. or some people will notice they'll, they'll be like, wow, you know, when you talk about lightness, I get this sense of opening in my heart or a sense of a sense of lightness in my body. Some people sort of get tingles, you know, or, or see they're like, I almost like I see stars, but not exactly. It's like tingly around me, you know, and that's, those are all indications. And this is also though, part of the exploration what is lightness for me? Because it's different for each of us, but those are some clues. And one of the other elements of the lightness is this idea that when you are in the presence of what's true for you, you have lightness. So if you could think back to a time where you maybe had a relationship that was a little off or something or a friendship or some interaction with somebody that was a little off, mm -hmm. and it was based on a point of view that you took or bought and that has been there between you. So that was the heaviness. And then you find out the real information about what went on and it really wasn't about you and they weren't trying to make you wrong and they were actually trying to contribute to you. It just looked this way or somebody said it was something that was going against you. And all of a sudden you get light. All that heaviness goes away. Do you know the kind of thing I'm talking about? Are you talking about like, so, so one question I wanted to ask you because I know you're very open about it is like, you grew up with a lot of trauma, you know, you had poverty and abuse. And it's clear that you're living today in a way that you're not carrying that around at the forefront of everything you do. So what I'm kind of like hearing is maybe a trauma and then like really seeing the truth of the situation and how it set you on your path. Is there anything to that? Absolutely. That's another example of it. And this, this is such an interesting thing, because in all of this work, it's all about your personal interaction with it, your experience of it, how do you get it? And so it's one of these things where it's like, well, it's sort of like this and maybe a little like this. And, you know, here's some clues for you, but this is something that we need to explore on our own. So it's not a lightness feels like this. You have 3.7 elements of tingles in your right eye and you have 3.7 <laughs> elements of tingles in your left ear. And that is like, you know, it doesn't work that way. Which is, which is actually the joy of it. It's, it's a friggin' exploration every day. And, you know, the work I do is called Access Consciousness. And we actually have a definition of consciousness, which is where everything exists and nothing is judged. Mm. It's that space that you get to be beyond judgment of anyone or anything, especially you. And that, if you could just ponder the way that might be for a moment in your world, if you look at your life how many things do we have judgment of us about right now? How many judgments do we have of others that we feel bad about, but they're there? And so if you could just ponder for a moment, what would it be like if I had no judgment, like, and no need for it, and no value to it? That space is another clue to getting to this space of lightness or what it might feel like or how you might sense it. So for you, for somebody, could, do you say you practice consciousness? Like, how do we talk about this? 
That is a great question. Yeah, I. <laughs> um, you could call it a practice, a journey, a uh, yeah, you know, a lifestyle. Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Those on the road to consciousness. So for yes. those on the those road choosing to, consciousness. Those choosing consciousness. Yeah. What do you do when you start to feel a judgment percolating? In your own head or in somebody else's? Oh, good question. Um, let's say in your own head, because I know that there's a thing where sometimes we're perceiving other people's judgments too, but let's start with a judgment that is coming from you. Okay. When you notice that coming up, what I do, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. If it's a judgment about you or something you're doing or not doing or being or not being whatever, if it, if it has to do with you and it about you and against you, what I do is I tell people to see a hand or see a stop sign in front of them and just stop and go, wait what other choice do I have available? And then I also suggest people use this clearing statement. The, the short, short form for this sentence is POC and POD, which stands for going back to the point of creation of wherever that thing got created and invented, mm. whether it was last week or a hundred billion years ago, who knows, um, childhood or something else, and making the choice to actually undo it. So what we've, we've got to realize that judgment seems like an auto, auto response. In actuality, there's a nanosecond between stimulus and response mm. where we have choice. And the, the more we allow ourselves to be present and the more we allow ourselves to get in between that moment of stimulus and response, this is where choice starts to occur. And the more we do it, the space gets bigger between stimulus and response. In this case, stimulus might be, I thought of my mother responses. Oh, let me come up with all the judgments I have that she has of me or that I'm not enough. And I didn't do for her, whatever. And so we have the choice to stop. That's our first choice. And then we can go, okay, will I let that go? Okay. Pock and pot or all the weird stuff Dane said you know, the weird guy on Lauren's podcast, that guy. And, um, or you can go to theclearingstatement.com. There's a video of me explaining it. You know, there's nothing for sale there. It's just, it, this is, this clearing statement thing is so dynamically helpful for those of us that are on this journey that notice things come up that aren't working for us that we don't like, but we don't know how to change. Yeah. And so that's the other part of it for me is, is having a way of changing things because it's all good and well to talk about it. We've been talking and talking and talking and talking. And what happens so often is for those choosing more consciousness and awareness is we'll be in a situation, we'll be in a class, we'll be in a listening to a podcast and where people will be talking and we'll go, yes, that. But then if we don't change that in that moment, what we do is we, we now will still do the same behavior, but now we judge it more because now we have the information that we shouldn't be doing it or it's limiting us. Right. It's this perpetual cycle, which is why this clearing statement is about, let's change this stuff. So is it the same thing when somebody is putting a judgment toward you? Like, how do you disengage from that or from taking on the energy of that? And we're assuming that killing them is not an option? Yes. That, okay, just, just want to know the ground Depends rules. Depends what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching the new iteration of Dexter. So, um, you know, Ooh. I just, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so this one in some ways is easier, in some ways is harder. It's easier to explain. Um, and instituting it is, is, is a way of actually having our own back, okay? So if 
somebody is judging you, like, let's say the general judgment is you're a jerk. Okay, so somebody's judging you're a jerk. Well, what most of us do is we assume that if somebody is saying we're a jerk, then we must be a jerk. So what we do is we align and agree, we make that real. And then what we do is we resist and react. We're like, I am not a jerk, you're a jerk. The way to actually navigate this successfully is a way that will give us so much freedom if we would choose it, which is recognizing that everything is just an interesting point of view, no matter who has the point of view. Now, how do we use that? Well, in practical terms, what happens is somebody says, you're a jerk. Well, instead of putting up the wall and bringing out your guns and defenses, so you can now wear out a standoff, lower the walls and barriers, let the energy through, don't stick it in you, don't fight against it, just realize this is their point of view, this is their interesting point of view, and just let it on through. Now, what does that look like? Somebody goes, you're a jerk, you lower the walls and barriers, and you go, oh, okay, <laughs> or oh, thank you. Or, wow, <laughs> you think I'm a jerk based on what you've already seen? Oh, you should have seen me yesterday. Today is like 10% like of my actual jerkness. But thanks for pointing it out. Have a great day. You know? Or what makes you say that? You know? Yeah, that's a good one. I like the question because then it's like, oh, well, let me explain. And maybe they will have a chance to... You can give them some empathy. You can hear where they're coming from. Maybe you can change your behavior if it's something that genuinely hurt them. Yeah. Like, I love how much you emphasize curiosity because I do believe curiosity, compassion, and empathy can change the world, and it can certainly change your world. Truly. And that is, that's a fundamental part of this is actually the curiosity, the asking a question rather than taking a fixed point of view about anything or anyone, including us. And, but, you know, certain people might think that's, well, that's not pragmatic. You need to conclude things. I'm like, well, I've created a worldwide business that's in 176 countries and I create a lot and I do it from this place of question and continuous movement. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm saying that when we function this way, we actually have a lot more ease navigating the world. Mm. We have a, a lot more ease also not trying to maintain a fixed position, which is where so many people think they have to function in order to navigate the world as though there's all this stuff and you need to plow through it with as much solidity as possible. But in actuality, for the people listening to this podcast, that's really not our nature. And it's not where our greatest gifts lie. And it's not where our happiness lies. And all of these things, and that's the interesting thing also, is all of those things go together. Our true nature, our greatest gifts, and our happiness actually all live together because we are the happiest when we're expressing our true nature and, and utilizing our true gifts. And for those of us listening to this podcast, different than other people because their people are different. Certain people function really well with fixed goals and solid, you know, and, and that's how they function. But there's this whole other part of the population that are the creatives, the sensitive individuals, the, those desiring something different and greater for all of us that don't function that way and never have. And we've tried to make ourselves function that way as though mm. if we're going to succeed here, that's the only way I'm going to do it. It's like, no, that, that works for other people to the degree that it works for them. For you, when we are actually truly getting in touch with what's true for us, we're very mobile. We're able to change on a dime. 
And most of us have been made wrong for that our entire lives. They're like, but wait a minute. What do you mean you're done? What do you mean you don't want to do this anymore? What do you mean you want to do a new project? What do you mean you don't want to be in this place anymore? You're like, yeah, I've done it twice. I'm bored. Come on, let's go. Um, and so actually, um, to that degree, one of the things I say to people is, what if everything you've thought and been told is your greatest wrongness is actually your greatest strongness? And if you look at that, if we look at the things you've been most judged for, um, a lot of times it's been too sensitive, uh, too happy, mm-hmm. too much, um, change all the time, never know what you really want to do because you want to do so many things. You get bored easily. Like all of these things that make you not a good sheep in society yeah. are the things that are actually your greatness that if you embrace it, make your life work, but it also contributes to all of us in the world. hundred percent. It's the things that it's not easy to box it in and it's not always easy for somebody who's limited themselves to understand the fact that you want to be unlimited and expansive. And part of why I wanted to have you on the show beyond the fact that you have all this great insight and actionable tools is because of the creative approach you've taken to your own career. You were opening up your second practice as a chiropractor and doing traditional chiropractic work, correct? And you were miserable. And you were trying, you really wanted to change the world. You were doing everything in your power, but you just weren't living your own truth. Can you take me through that agreement you made with the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, and how it led you to what you do today? Yeah, well, I had been unhappy for the better part of three years. And from the outside world, it looks like I have the perfect life. Got this girlfriend, I'm living in Santa Barbara, which is paradise, you know, and in my practice, I wasn't seeing the miracles that I wanted to create. That's why I became a chiropractor. I wanted to create miracles in people's lives and their bodies. I was seeing none of the things that I knew should exist. And for the first time in my life, I had given up hope because I'm a um, seeker and I was also a workshop person, you know, where I go to a weekend workshop and, and be like, by the end of the workshop, I was like, yay, I found the answer. And by Wednesday of the following week, the universe caved in on my head. And this happened time after time after time. And here I was 30 years old and I'd had a lot of abuse growing up and many things that were invalidative of my being, but I never gave up hope. It was after a weekend workshop, Mm. Wednesday, friggin' Wednesday, man, friggin' hump day. I wake up and once again, all of the answers I thought I had just disappeared and the universe caved in on my head. And I said, universe, I am done. You have six months, either my life changes or I am out of here. And I don't care which it is. And I really thought I was going to get to end my life. I thought I was going to get out of the suffering that I was in. And so, and I didn't plan to leave around anybody's birthday or a holiday. I wasn't trying to make somebody wrong. Yeah. I was doing it so I could get out of what I was living that wasn't working. Well, a week later, I saw an ad for this thing that said, access all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. And I was so overjoyed. No, I wanted to kill the person that put the ad in the paper. I was like, my life is pain, suffering, and gory. You have no idea. So anyway, I ended up calling and having a session of access consciousness, something I had never heard of before. And I went into the session depressed and suicidal, literally desiring and wanting to end my life. That was my only solace at that point. That's how my life was. I came out of this session with a gratitude for being alive a sense of peace and a sense of joy. And I knew 
I, I don't need to end my life. I'm like, if it feels this way, I'm in. And I knew I was done with that. And I started getting a session once a week from the lady that had done that session. And she would do the work on me, but she would also share tools with me to change things when the going got tough, when the universe wanted to cave in on my head. So I would, use, I would take one of these tools and use it each week between our sessions. And when the universe wanted to cave in on my head, I would use a tool and it would get lighter again. And so what occurred was the space in my life went from this to this with the first session. And then it started expanding out and out and out. And every time the universe wanted to, con or the universe, I like the universe against me. That wasn't what was going on. I was against myself. Let's blame the universe though, shall we? Um, it's so much more fun. You know, every time it wanted to contract, I would use a tool and then it was like, oh, it would expand to that space again. And so how did you get from there to what you do today? Because I know you healed yourself first, which is so important, but how did you start incorporating it into your practice? So what I did was I started taking those tools that I got and seeing where they would apply with people that I was working on in my practice. And, um, and I had one guy, we, one of the tools that we have is called, who does this belong to? And it's based on the idea that 98% of your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions are picked up from other people or like big tuning forks, you know, 98% of the stress, the sadness, the, all the stuff. And somewhere around 50 to hundred percent of what goes on in your body is something your body is actually picking up from other people. So I had this guy in my practice. I'd been treating him for over three months. He was at an eight out of 10 on the pain scale, which is 10 out of 10 is childbirth. And he would get down to maybe a three or four while I treated him. And then he would come back the next week at an eight out of 10. And um, this is before I had access tools. Well, I had gotten this information about who does this belong to. And the idea is that for any thought, feeling, or emotion, or even a body pain, if you ask, who does this belong to, or is it mine? If it lightens up at all, it may not be yours. Mm. And you just return it to wherever it came from. And so this guy comes into my office after my first um, use of this tool, or after my first class where I got this. And um, he, it takes him five minutes to lie down before he can relax enough to actually lie face down on the table. And he's in obvious eight out of 10 pain again. And I look at him and the thing that pops into my mind is who does this belong to? And I'm like, what? I, what? I makes absolutely no sense. And what I found is when you follow those things that make no sense, that's where the miracles are. Those things that make absolutely no logical sense. They pop into your head and you have a sense of lightness, which is why the lightness is important. Cause we can, we can be like, Oh, that's got lightness to it. Okay. I'll do it. So anyway, I asked this guy, I'm like, um, weirdest question I've ever asked you, who does this pain belong to? And he pushes himself up. This is a guy who couldn't move. Okay. Pushes himself up, turns over to me and goes, my wife. And I asked him to explain it to me. And what happened was his wife had injured her back and she was in such pain that the only thing that would kill the pain is narcotics. Okay. This is how much pain this woman was in. And she was limping by him one day with tears in her eyes because it hurt to walk. And he said, I'll never forget the moment she was limping by me. And I thought to myself, I would do anything to help heal this woman. I would do anything to take away her pain. And um, what occurred was over the next couple of weeks, her back started getting better. And the doctors didn't know why, because she had already had the back surgery that was supposed to make it better and it made it worse. And nobody knew why she was getting better. Well, a couple weeks after that, he started getting back pain, which started progressing to the level of where hers was. And so I worked with him for another 45 minutes or finished the rest of the session. 
he was out of 98% of the pain from a bizarre tool like that. And, you know, I tell people that story because I want to impress upon people, the world isn't what we think it is. The world isn't what we've been taught. We know there are different weird things out there, but we always assume that it's only the mystics or the foreign scientists or the gurus or somebody who's been in a cave forever that can access it and use it. But in actuality, that's available to all of us. Yeah. Well, that's a profound story. I know you've got this new book out called Body Whispering, where you go into a lot of stories like this, how we can get in touch with our body, the intelligence our body has. So I guess we'll start with the pain, but then I want to just get into how do we start to have a relationship with our body? Because I won't lie, like some of this like kind of scares me because then I'm like, oh my God, is my body going to take me over and then like start living its own life? Like when you started, okay, I, I'll, I'm going to backtrack. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so starting with the pain, if somebody's going through some sort of chronic pain, is the first question to ask, who does this belong to? That would be a great start. And then the other thing to look at, though, is, you know how we talked about your point of view creates your reality. So if you were going along and had no pain, and then after a certain point, pain started, what you want to do is look at that period and go, okay, what happened that I haven't acknowledged? Mm. And what did I decide about that? And what have I chosen as a result? Because what happens is, one of the other things that people will do is they will have a, shall we call it a psychological thing, go on a psychological pain or something that occurs that, that is painful for them to look at or deal with. And what they'll do is they'll turn it into basically a psychosomatic pain, meaning they take it from here, can't deal with it here. And now their body is expressing it because that energy is there and they haven't dealt with it basically. And you know, this isn't anything really new. I mean, you can find this in psychology years and years back where, you know, and this is energy medicine talks about this a lot, but, it, but as on a practical level of how do we get ourselves beyond that part of the thing that can be very helpful is look at, okay, what occurred right before that? And where did I go with it? And what occurred that I haven't been willing to acknowledge or let go of? or heal from, or change, and get that sense. And, you know, that's, that's, a, that's why we have access facilitators so that somebody can walk with you through that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Because, mm. you know, what I would love, I would love if we lived in a world that where the rules were such and the, the possibilities were such that somebody who's been in chronic pain this long, you could give them one question or one tool and it would get them out of chronic pain. That's not the way chronic pain works, unfortunately, for most people, because there's a reason we call it chronic, <laughs> you know? And so it, I, I just want to point out, it's like, I'm happy to give people a starting point, but realize it is a starting point. And you are not wrong if you can't find out what the cause of this thing is. I'm just trying to present some different perspectives that, that might allow you to look from a place that will allow you to find the healing you desire, because it exists in all kinds of different places. And the more awareness that you get, like, okay, there's something that occurred. Okay. Oh, there's the thing that occurred. Now, I, now what do I do about it? Well, there's a lot of resources out there in the world that can help you with that. If you put your awareness in the direction of where it's actually 
occurring from or what's actually going on, it's a lot easier to change. Yeah. And the physical is always a manifestation of the energetic, which some people call the mental. I think it goes way beyond the mental, but the physical is always a manifestation of the energetic. The mental is also a manifestation of the energetic. And so it's about, okay, let's get to the, the actual, the, the source of it all, the energy of what it is. How do you get to the source of the energy? Well, by asking a question, there's a few questions you can go, okay, so what is this really? And what do I do with it? And can I change it? And if so, how do I change it? See, our first language is energy. And this is, you know, it's like, why can you translate Apple from one language to the other? Because the energy of Apple is the same, period. It's just different ways of describing it in different languages. And so our first language is energy. Our body's language is energy. And so what happens is when we have an energy that comes in and we don't know how to deal with it, our body will try to process it for us and it will often show up as pain. And so you ask, what occurred that I haven't acknowledged? What choice did I make with regard to that? And another great question can be this, who does this belong to? And also, who am I being? It's interesting because little kids come in and they don't understand judgment. We teach it to them. And they don't understand the manifestations of pain and how that works. They learn that from their parents. So if you had a parent that was in a lot of pain, emotional or physical, you learn, oh, that's how I do pain. Mm. And so we can ask, who am I being here? And once we get to the awareness of that also as another addition to it, what occurs is we start to then go, okay, well, if I'm being them, how many other areas am I being them? And what would it be like to actually be me with this now? And as you go about this, like, especially if you've been riddled with self-judgment your whole life or a lot of shame talk, it would be easy to fall back into that versus being compassionate toward yourself and just really being an objective observer of this and then working through it. How do you stay in that objectivity place versus the judgment place with yourself? I guess I'm getting back to the same questions, but it seems more complicated now that we're talking about these deeper things. Yeah. Well, okay. So for me, one of the things that I always bring in is that clearing statement I talked about. Once again, the short form is pock and pod, because what happens is this, this judgment of us is basically a reflex reaction. And we've learned that somehow, if I am in enough judgment of me, then that will protect me from the bad stuff. And it will make me be able to change the things that are wrong about me so I can have more good stuff. Mm. Both of those are complete BS. Okay. Judgment of you is not creative for you. And it's not creative for your body. And it's not creative for the world. Judgment is always a lie. Okay. And so as that comes up, you know, and in this topic, no matter what topic we go to, you know, there's so much of it that comes back around to the self-judgment, especially anything dealing with pain or something not working. It all boils down to judgment, which is why our definition of consciousness is where everything exists and nothing is judged, which is where all of life gets to come to you with ease, <laughs> you know, and so they all play together in, in the awareness of this. And so what I do is because I was in such judgment of myself 
21 years ago. I cannot tell you the, I mean, to get to the place where you were truly planning on ending your life, there's a lot of judgment going on. Okay. And it didn't all change in an hour and a half. It wasn't like, oh, I stopped judging me. It fundamentally changed my perspective on what was possible and knowing that I could have it as I saw other people seem to have it. Finally, I knew I could too. So when the judgment comes up, go everything that is POC and POD, P-O-C and P-O-D. Everything that is POC and POD or all the weird stuff Dane would say. And it still works, okay? This has been done around the world billions of times at this point, but millions of people use it every day to change things. And so it's got an energy to it that, that is recognized if you just say it. And the POC stands for going back to the point of creation of the thoughts, the feelings, and the emotions immediately preceding your decision to create this limitation. It's like the walls look solid, but science tells us they're 99.99999% space. Well, what if we could access the space? And what if it's the same with the limitations in your life? What if they look really solid to you because of the point of view you've taken? But if we could go back and undo the kernel of that point of view, space can be there because it's what we've decided about all these things. And in undoing that, over time, what happens is you start to have less self-judgment. If every time you judge yourself, you go, stop, pock and pod, stop, pock and pod, stop, pock and pod, stop, pock and pod. Well, after a couple of days, you're going to notice that number one, you're going to have a lot more lightness. But number two, you're going to notice that, wait a minute, I don't have as many judgments in my head. Oh, okay. That's amazing. At which point you're going to stop because it's too weird. And then a few days later, you're going to remember again and then start again and get to that lightness is, is part of what's possible. And that also works. This puck and pod is also when we recognize that we've done or been something where we chose a point of view in response to something, we can go, okay, everything that is puck and pod. And do you say puck and pod out loud or in your head or does it matter? Either way. Okay. Depends on how much you want to impress your friends and family with how crazy you are. I'm going to try this over Christmas. <laughs> Awesome. With oh. no explanation. <laughs> awesome. I love that. That's great. Well, if you're um, going to do it, get the whole clearing statement and just, you know, say it out loud a few times at the dinner table. They're going to be like, oh, she's possessed. Totally. Um, okay. So let's get back to the body because I listened to this incredible interview you did where you were talking about our bodies and building a relationship with our bodies. First of all, can we talk about what that means? Yeah, well, most of us sort of have this kind of, you know, disenfranchised relationship with our bodies. I mean, think about it. What, what, what's, from my point of view, a great relationship is where you actually have gratitude for the thing you're in relationship with. You honor it, you trust it, it trusts you, you're together, right? You have each other's backs. And in this case, literally. And what most people do, though, is they have these, these relationships based on judgment with their bodies. And so here we go back to judgment again, right? And so, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, you know, that's too psyche. Oh, that's too much. That's too big. But here's the thing is when we judge our body, judgment is such an intense energy for a sweet creature like this. Our bodies are actually really sweet. Our bodies are like little puppies. You know, they're like, hi, I'm here to do anything you want. Just tell me what it is. And you're like, oh, your butt's too big. Okay, I will make our butt too big, you know, because your body doesn't understand judgment. It functions on energy. Judgment is a very intense energy. So what happens is you get more of what you judge. So how do we change that? Number one, once again, if we notice ourselves judging our body, what we do then is we just go stop, pock and pot. And who does that belong to? 
And while we're at it, where did I learn that crap? You know, because we learn that once again from others. And that starts that transformation. But beyond that, developing a relationship with our body is one of the greatest gifts. And it's so easy. We just have to take a few moments each day. And along the day, ask our body for everything that concerns it. Like, hey, body, what would you like to eat? Not, oh, I must have my kale smoothie with bananas and spinach and yucky tasting crap every morning because I want myself to look thin and be healthy. Um, yeah, maybe that's not what your body wants that morning. And it may want it on other mornings, neither one being right or wrong. If we're giving our body what it desires, here's the interesting part. If we actually have this connection and give our body what it desires, it starts looking awesome. It starts feeling awesome. It starts having energy because think about it when you're being judged, like let's say you're in a relationship or a work situation or a family situation where you're being judged. Don't you start to kind of get tired and beaten down and resentful and kind of like, eh, start getting like that. Well, guess what? That's what our body does when we judge it. It like a little puppy is like, oh, okay. Oh goodness. Oh, tough to have any space here. As we start to acknowledge it, and we start to actually listen, body, what would you like to eat? Body, what would you like to wear? Body, who would you like to have sex with? Body, what kind of movement would you like to do today? Body, what would be fun for you? And, and ask our body for the things that concern it. We start to recognize it has an awareness and a consciousness of its own. And it has desires of its own. And it's also willing to do whatever the heck we put upon it or force upon it to the best of its ability. But if we would listen to it, mm. rather than it dealing with what we're putting upon it, we would actually co-create it. And that's the way is stopping the judgment and starting to ask our body with the recognition that it actually has an ability to co-create with us and we have an ability to co-create with it. It's so beautiful because I think so many of us walk around on one hand, never acknowledging our bodies or on a worse hand, like basically lashing our bodies through life. Like there have definitely been times when I've, I've said, like, I feel like I'm dragging my body through the mud, you know? And it makes me want to cry thinking of it like that, because I think I never thought of myself, my body as being separate from me, because that's just not the way we talk or think when we're not having conversations like this. But it's so powerful to think that this is my buddy that's helping me live my purpose on earth, don't I want to treat it with the dignity and respect that I want to receive out in the world? Um, thank you for that. When we start to ask our body these questions, what does its voice feel or sound like? How do we start getting the message back of what it wants? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Once again, it's a subtlety. And that's part of why all of this is so, you know, can seem a little like, I'd like to, but I'm not sure I get it because it's not solid enough. But that's the beauty of it is, so you'll ask your body, you'll be standing in front of your closet and say, for example, hey body, what would you like to wear? And out of the corner of your eye, you'll see something sticking out like way in the back corner. And you just see this color. You just get a scent. You're like, oh, like, oh, and that, yeah. And you go and you pick it up. You're like, wow, I haven't worn this in five years. And it, okay, you want to wear this? Okay, you put it on. And the way you'll know it's what your body wanted to wear is people go, wow, you look beautiful today. Is that a new dress? You know, is that a new outfit? Is that a, and because your body has its own point of view and it knows what will contribute to it, what fabrics, what look, what, color that day, you know, and it's a real subtle energy. So that's one of the indications. And when you ask your body, body, what would you like to eat? Like, let's say you're standing in front of your refrigerator or your cupboards and like body, what would you like to eat? Or you'll get a sense even before you go into the kitchen, Ooh, I would like, you know, and it'll just be, it'll just flow through your head. And what you do is you start to, it's like a game of memory. You know, that memory game where you have all the cards Mm -hmm. and you flip one over and then you have to try to remember where it was and flip another one over. And then you're like, Oh, I got it. Okay. It's kind of like that. It's like, it's like sort of gathering these um, like a a conglomeration of energies. Like, okay. When I asked my body, what would you like to eat? When it has a sense of this, that's what it would actually like. And how do you know that it's what your body wanted to eat? Because it will taste wonderful no matter what, let's say you're a vegetarian. I, my uh, friend, Gary, the founder of Access Consciousness was, had been a vegetarian for several year long, few year periods in his life. And he was, uh, he had been a vegan for a vegan, vegan for about 18 months. And um, he walked into a restaurant with a friend of his and he said, body, what would you like to eat? And his body went raw meat. He's like, um, body, we're a uh, vegan. He's like, raw meat. He went, okay, because that's the only thing he could see on the menu. And that's when you're at a, at a restaurant, you open body, what would you like? And just look down the menu and see the first thing your eyes focus on. So anyway, he ordered a very raw steak and he had it. And he said it was one of the best things he had ever eaten. Before that, he didn't really like meat that much, didn't really care. And also it moved just fine through his digestive system. Whereas in the past, when he had been a vegan and eaten meat or vegetarian and eaten meat, he had major digestive problems. And this was his body communicating that, Hey, this is what you require. But it was because he had developed many years of asking that question that he started recognizing the subtlety of like the little ping where it's like this versus this. And if you want to practice, like you could stand in front of your clothing and just kind of go, okay, like darker stuff, like more muted stuff or bright colors. Yeah. You know, start there and then see what the sense is. And, and it's practice. 
it's practice, practice. Like I'm still, I still get it wrong. I still get it right. But I practice every day. Like I play with it every day because I have my body with me every day. And it just, it just gets different and greater and, and shows me things because I'm willing to listen about ways of changing things that I never knew were possible. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And two reflections on that, that just came up for me as you were talking. I always feel when I go to a restaurant, I know the thing I want right away, but for some reason, I'll second guess it and get this other thing and be completely dissatisfied and be thinking the whole time, God, I wish I would have just gotten what I wanted in the first place. So that resonates so deeply. So listener, if you're doing that, cut it out. (laughs) And then the other thing was, as you were talking about the color, I'm like, I wish I was wearing something colorful. Like (laughs) I'm looking at your shirt and I'm like, I want to be wearing that shirt. So Dane has on this amazing, it's got like florals on it and it's a lavender or lilac color. It's this beautiful like pop of color and it's just the shirt screams life. And I'm wearing black right now, which sometimes I like, sometimes I want to be a moody artist, but man, I wish I was wearing color right now because this is such an alive conversation. I want to wear something that reflects that. So Thank you for those two revelations. Thank you. And that is, that is so that thing that you said about the restaurant is exactly how it works. That's our body communicating with, with us. And then we're like, oh, it can't be that easy, you know? And yes. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so we could talk for a million hours and you have so much expertise. There's a million more things I want to go into with you. Um, I do have to recommend to everyone. And one thing I love about you is how giving you are of your knowledge. You have I mean, hundreds probably, or maybe it's thousands of YouTube videos explaining in detail all the different things that you talk about. So I highly recommend a visit to Dane's YouTube channel. But the thing I'd love to end with is being you, because I started this podcast to help people creatively unleash. But what it's become over the years is really a show to learn to know yourself, to love yourself, and to trust yourself. Because what I realize is if you don't have those as your foundation, it's pretty impossible to fully creatively unleash. I know Being You is um, an incredible book that you've written. I, I'm i really enjoying reading it right now. And I know you just had the 10-year anniversary. Um, explain what Being You authentically means to you and how we can step more into that. <laughs> how long do we have? You know I like to talk a lot. By the way, everybody, I apologize. I've got ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism all rolled into one. I, I do not do succinct very well most of the time. Oh my I, gosh. Well, don't apologize because you taught me today that that's actually your greatest gift. Thank you. Thank you. For bringing it to the table. <laughs> thank you very much. Okay. So for me, when you're truly being you, you have no need nor desire to judge you. You have a sense of communion and connection with people that is so beautiful and also you have a sense of connection with, well, everything really like, like a sense of connection with the earth, the plants, the animals, the trees, but also no need to separate from the world as it is to try to create it as greater. You can be fully present in the world while not the effect of the world. And you actually like the person looking back at you in the mirror. And actually, when you're truly being you and you don't have to make any apology for who you are. You become a leader that requires no followers. In other words, you know where you need to go. You know what's going to create what you would like to create in the world. And interestingly, you don't need anybody else to get it for you to actually go in that direction. And so the beauty of that is 
you can actually dance to the beat of your own drummer. But what occurs from that is it's from that space that you can actually be the contribution to others. Most people are trying to be a contribution by doing something completely different than that, which drains our batteries and and doesn't allow us to have any fun. It's also the space where you're having a lot of joy in your life. And I will say the first step in getting there. And then if there's more, then we can talk about that because I'm sure you got input because you're brilliant at this, um, which is stop the judgment of you, especially the things that you think are the wrongnesses of you are the strongnesses of you, like your sensitivity, your ADD, your ADHD, your OCD, your autistic capacities. And the fact that you can't seem to do things normally are part of the gift of you, not the curse of you. Mm. I love that. And I think that the stories that we love in life are people who've really come to recognize their self. And then they're just sharing that recognition with the world. I mean, I think all the times that I have, I don't know, not succeeded, quote unquote, have been when I've been trying to like serve what I thought people wanted. And my goal for this next phase of my life is to really hold up the mirror and see what I love and then put that out into the world. And I'm so grateful that people like you who are so brilliant and so giving and loving are out there encouraging people like me and my listeners to do just that. So thank you, Dr. Dane. I adore you. I'm so grateful for what you do and you're welcome here anytime. Thank you so much. This has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to my guest, Dr. Dane here. For more info on Dr. Dane, follow him at Dane here. That's at D-A-I-N-H-E-E-R on Instagram and subscribe to his channel on YouTube. And to learn more about access consciousness, get access to online courses, or check out his upcoming speaking events, go to drdanehere.com. Thanks so much to Unleashed producer Emily Shulmanovich. You can follow her at We Can't Find Emily. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag Dr. Dane at Dane here so he can share too. My wish for you this week is you stop judging yourself and forcing things on your body and instead start developing a relationship with it, asking it questions and giving it what it truly wants. Taking these simple steps can really help lead to self-love and get you in a place where you feel comfortable to start pursuing what you want to pursue in all areas of your life. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.